Welcome to episode 11 of North Dakota After Dark. Cannot believe we made it to double digits, but here we are. Had a brief technical issue that we are working on for episode 10. That'll be resolved shortly. You'll be able to hear, uh, well, not uninterrupted. You will be able to hear the entire episode, which should keep, uh, you know, upward of 10 people happy. Great. like to do a quick shout out for our sponsor, Corey. Why don't you hey, take it away? If you need some commercial uh, construction, you know to look to Andrews Construction for all your needs. Andrews Construction, they'll take care of you. They'll do good work. They'll come in. They'll work your project until it's done. And it's a breeze because it's always Andrews. Andrews, we're building something here. Will Sean have a beer with you as well? Well, I hope so. That's part. I thought that was actually part of the bid you'd get. Probably. Yeah. I suppose you'd probably just have to ask. Yeah. He's good like that. I just had a beer with Sean last night at the uh, Grand Forks Youth Hockey fundraising event, and Sean's a good guy like that. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually a lot of fun. I uh, gave them Grand Forks Youth Hockey a little shout out on Instagram today. Well deserved. That was uh, it was a fun deal for a Wednesday night. So I appreciate that was really great. I hope that they continue to do that. That was uh, I really thought that I, but I hope that even like. I hope that it gets um, more word out the next time they, they do it because I hope that they can even get like some people who previously weren't involved in Grand Forks hockey just kind of like come out and learn a little bit more about it. I think sometimes hockey can feel to people who haven't previously been in hockey a little intimidating and I think it's a great opportunity to get people who maybe aren't as familiar with hockey just to yeah. come out, meet people, talk to people, kids get introduced and I think I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, maybe even uh, you know, coincide it with like a, a you know, try hockey for free event or something like that because you're yes. like, I'm sure you guys probably had the same experience with the crowd as like you knew virtually everyone, right? Um, so it feels like a um, a large small party if that makes sense, yeah. right? Where everyone has at least a familiar, well, if not a familiarity with everyone, you know, every group you probably knew someone at least in every little group, right? Right, right. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, open it up to more people because I think that there are probably a lot of really great hockey players that have never had a chance to play hockey. I agree. Yeah, I'm I'm banging that drum all the time. For the folks at home, Kyle, why don't you tell them what we're talking about? <laughs> well, uh, the three of us are located in Grand Forks. Uh, Grand Forks Youth Hockey, the uh, umbrella organization for youth hockey in town, had um, in lieu of a golf tournament this year, had uh, just an evening event uh, with a band, um, some raffles, some prizes, some food and drink, um, just sort of a kick off the season get together, uh, really well received, kind of a fun night, really a nice evening for it. Uh, the band Paint the Town was uh, was great, really nice to come out on a nice evening and have a little bit to eat and a couple of drinks and chat with everybody and uh, a lot of fun was had by all. You should do it in your town, listeners, assuming we have one from outside of Grand Forks. So, so there you go, Kyle. Yeah, we, we got to see each other. We had a mini reunion. I had a couple of requests to do the podcast live from the, the hockey uh, event. And uh, I said, I don't hang out with Kyle outside of this podcast ever. <laughs> and I'm going to stick to that. Well, it's uh, Kelly. 
before as we transition into what you're drinking this evening, um, I am drinking a beer from Corey. Uh, I had sitting on my front porch with my wife, a uh, dark colored sedan rolled up and someone popped out. And I've seen Boys in the Hood like 15 times. I thought it was about to go down. So I was like, of all kinds of not, of not to have my Tech 9 on me. Yeah. Feds, I don't actually have one. It fell, I dropped it in the <laughs> lake by accident. Uh, I thought it was going to go down, but it was just a, uh, just a beer delivery. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I happened to drop off uh, tonight's uh, beer du jour uh, to Kyle because I, I found out that Mick Golden Light is so terrible, they won't sell it at any store in town in a single. So I was forced to buy a six pack of it. And so anyone on the south end of town that I knew, all five of my friends received a free McGolden Light. So I only had to have one in my house. Corey has five McGolden Lights that need a new home. Yeah, so and, and they all received, everyone who got it received the same text that basically said, I'm podcasting tonight. This is the beer. I refuse to drink six. <laughs> and uh, Corey says, we are going to have an actual French Canadian on. I would note that it's a beer de soie. Oh, beer de soie. The, the, uh, the, the problem here is, is, you know, I rolled up in the dark. I was driving Cam's car. So I got the old Taurus, or as our family uh, affectionately calls it, the disgusting. And, uh, <laughs> I sent Parker out and he was wearing his football pad. So, you know, Parker's a very menacing 411 80 pounds. Yeah. He's coming to get you. Yes. But he moves like a wraith in the dark. <laughs> you know? Straight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I thought it was either like a, you know, a Boys in the Hood hit or perhaps a, uh, you know, maybe I ran afoul of some sinister magicians and they're out to get a muggle. So, who knows? Yeah. It probably didn't help that I had the windows down and I was blasting regulators by Warren G. Nate Dog. I mean, I'll <laughs> kind of oh you it. oh you South Enders right you're, you guys you're fun hey you come to the North End all right you don't that behavior won't fly here okay Kelly yeah, lots honestly, of houses for sale down here <laughs> when you pass into the North End of town. Uh, your radio station automatically changes to any station that'll play try that in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does. Okay. And we're okay with that. Yeah. All right. Jason Aldean what? greets you as you hit Gateway. That's right. North Side Pride. <laughs> you need a shirt, Kelly. I do need a shirt that says that. I really, really do. I've and I've seen shirts that say it. Um, there are central Central Grand Fork Central shirts that say Northside Pride and like I need to snag one of those. I like so it. I may have to go stroll into Grand Fork Central. The school store is in there. Remind all the kids I'm still the coolest kid in school. Yeah. Even though I graduated 20 years ago. Um, and you know, grab a pizza bagel and uh you know, still still rule the school. Now, I'm are hot. you going to go as a visitor or is this going to be like a never been kissed situation? <laughs> That's exactly. See, that's I. I think I'd be forced to go, but I would love to go. It's never been kissed, and like I said, I I like the TikTok, so I feel like I could maybe keep up a little bit with the kids, like a yeah. little not like I like to think that until I'm around anyone under the age of thirty, and I'm like, oh no, yeah, no, I can't. That's I think not the yeah. They might no. be tipped off if you're ripping mom waters between classes, like you got a four pack in there. <laughs> hey kids <laughs> hey 
Hey, you guys, hello, you guys heard food. mom a lot. It's really <laughs> cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, with, with that, is that what you're drinking tonight, Kelly? I am. So, um, you guys, I, I do this fun thing, um, called like food fixations and this is my current alcohol one is mom water. So uh, I will drink it till I hate it and then I'll move on to something else. And that's yeah. just, that's my cycle. And I know that about myself. So this one's Susan, it's the strawberry kiwi. And, uh, it says that Susan is kind passionate and candid and i agree it's wonderful delightful <laughs> susan is a baller name Corey, what are you drinking uh well not mom water uh yeah. my, my drink before i get into that god awful other thing is i'm drinking field of dreams bourbon it is a bourbon that my friend uh len whose son played at a baseball tournament at iowa's field of dreams bought for me it's actually a numbered bottle so it's uh, like 6,437 6, of 20,000 that they bottled total. So uh, Field of Dreams bourbon, it is fantastic. It's signed by Kevin Costner? It is not. It <laughs> He's it too busy be. getting divorced and shooting yeah. Yellowstone. He can't yeah. be bothered with that. I understand. It, you I know, he's got the up and downs of Kevin Costner's career all over it. Yes, <laughs> right. I'm surprised he's not involved in it somehow. But like I said, he's... We might be after this divorce, so <laughs> you might be looking to get into that field of dreams bourbon. Now, Corey, that was the baseball movie where Kevin Costner uh, has an epic uh, pitcher's duel with a fellow named Tatanka, right? You got me there. Because, you know, he was, he built, in Field of Dreams, he built the uh, Field of Dream and the right. other baseball Yeah, the ghost, that ghost baseball player keeps yeah. talking to him. Yeah, I'm trying to. I bust know Kyle's trying to make a baseball. joke, but I'm just not buying into it. <laughs> you should do it. Come on, buy in. No, no. Corey, this yeah. was clearly the Canadian version of Field yeah. of Dreams, and we yeah. didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, he's thinking any movie about baseball with uh, Brendan Fraser in it. <laughs> well, there is a baseball movie technically with Brendan Fraser. I know there is. Kelly, Which... can you name it? I'll give you a hint. Because they must. Brendan Fraser. It's not a baseball movie. It has a very uh, noteworthy scene about baseball with the line, because they must. Well, I mean, like, are we talking, like, if Encino Man? Was it? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to that. think Brendan Fraser movies that are wonderful. And Encino Man is one of them. Yeah. This one um, is the I feel underappreciated. I'm trying to think. You've got me stumped. And I like Brendan Fraser. Corey, you got this one? Well, you're going to think about a different movie than I am because Brendan Fraser also stars in a baseball movie where yeah. he's a pitcher. So this is so not that movie. Okay. I'm thinking Blast from the Past. Oh, okay. I love Blast from the Past. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So when his dad's trying to explain to him why runners have to advance. Yes. Because they must. And then he finally sees the baseball game and he gets... Gets it. I've never seen that film. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, so like, it's, it's really good. It's really good. It's cute. Peak Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. I, I, I'm familiar with the movie. I've just never seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, do you know the movie? Which one, which one did he start in that was a baseball movie? The Scout. It's an I've Albert never Brooks seen that one. Brendan Fraser. He be, he's a guy who becomes a New York Yankee. It is, it is mm-hmm. a comedy. Is it worth watching? uh 
can't find anything on Netflix to watch, need to burn two hours because you can't <laughs> sleep yet. And just keep in mind, I just said that I loved Encino Man. So yes. do with that yes. what you will. It's that's kind of a good movie that you want to watch because you said you've said to someone you've seen every baseball movie ever. Yeah. So yeah. But there's a lot of baseball movies. There's not many hockey movies. And when you watch them try to make a hockey movie, you understand why. Because it's very hard to make people look in a cinematic film like they can play hockey. Right. I think Miracle might have done the best job, but like, okay, one of the greatest films of all time, and I will, I'll, I'll I will fight someone over it is Young Blood. Yes. But watching Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze pretend to be hockey players. No. It's a little rough. Um, it's uh, they don't sell that part of it, but the rest of the story is what really, really is just the masterpiece of it. And I, that's another, it's a hill I'll die on. That is one of the best movies Great ever. Movie. But I will say it was a traumatizing movie for me because after watching it in high school, when my husband was going to go to juniors, I had an absolutely crippling anxiety that he was going to get a smoking hot housing mother and that was going to be the end of us. <laughs> well, At the time, well, I think that's a, a valid fear. Yeah. Yes, it it was there was gonna be a Miss McGill just waiting, waiting in the 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 shadows to get all over that Matt Moreland bod. And I knew it. And then ironically, when he when he did go to juniors, he had a single housing dad. So all my fears were completely unfounded. Greg um wasn't even married. So um it uh I'm sure Matt would have loved the story had he had a Miss McGill, but no such luck. No such luck. Kyle Kelly brings up a great point. Better movie, Miracle or Youngblood? Um, Youngblood. I'm going to go Youngblood because the last first and only time I watched Miracle, I still had, uh, I was holding on to a small affinity for Canada. And my line at the time was like, when we met, win a medal, it's not a miracle. Oh, I repeated that ad nauseum <laughs> to anyone who listened. That is... That's salty. That's extra yeah. salty, and so, I like it. Yeah. Um, our guest has joined us. Uh, we're really pleased to welcome Mark Ho from Winnipeg. Uh, we have gone international now. Uh, I'm assuming that means we probably have to pay GST um, and some other stuff. So we'll let him in. We're going to talk about minor hockey in Dickinson and in Winnipeg. And then Kelly's really going to press him on uh, why Canada is the way it is. Right. Yeah. It's a question. It's a question it could be, mark. Could be its own maybe, podcast. Maybe he knows the Von Dutch guy. Yeah. yeah. I would love also if he has any like hot scoops on uh, the Trudeau divorce because I'm following that. Like I'm all oh, yeah. I'm all over that. Sophie still so, won't call me back. I love a hot take on any of that. I'm assuming that they get better better gossip on this in Canada. So. Oh, he started another international incident. So right now he's dealing with that. <laughs> Mark? Sir, hello. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing well. My camera is broken. Better for everyone. Right? That's what these guys said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, these are the type of people that you keep around you, Kyle. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Corey. Best side. Right? Exactly. Oh, he's. Mark. How'd you know to drink? 
<laughs> well, uh, when Kyle had asked me, I, I thought I would uh, listen to a couple episodes, and uh, I recall uh, an old-fashioned being drunk, um, a Bellini being drunk, and then a Scotch being drunk. And uh, I am a, uh, uh, you're in Canada, a rye drinker. Uh, and so I, I thought, you know what, if everyone else felt like they could have a drink, I felt I could too. I think it's like mandatory in Canada anyways. Like, I feel like the, the Mounties will be at the door if they find out, like, cause you're just shaming the country. Cause I, I've heard some big things. I, Canada's drinking prowess, um, has been talked up. So, and I like to believe it's true. Well, I, I can tell you that at one point I went to Australia for a conference and it was representing Canada. It was myself and two other guys. And uh, we had a, a, a function where we had to show something about Canada. And ours was uh, we just chugged beers uh, real quickly <laughs> and real fast. And it was us versus the Australians. And it was a good battle. We'll just yeah, say Yeah, that. that's true. I, I put my, but if you... If I had you, and I like to gamble, so I would create a betting situation. And you said, Aussies versus Canadians drinking competition. I'm going Canada. I'm going Canada, and I'm going, that, that's, I'm going to put all my money Canada. Not that I, I've heard that the Aussies can drink, but I, I don't, I'm not sure I think that they can best Canada. I don't think so. It would be a good, a good, terrible match for everyone's living in <laughs> Just terrible for everybody involved. So, Mark, now that you've listened to a couple episodes, um, can you tell uh, who is Kelly and who is Corey, or do I have to make an introduction? I'm pretty sure I could figure that one out, but I appreciate the offer, you know? Corey is a salty medium. I was just going to say, you just named two unisex names, and Kyle is unisex too, because, yeah, so you're exactly right. It's coin flip. Corey and Kelly, that can go either way. Well, I'm just uh, impressed it, I got the invite without my name starting with a cuss sound, okay? Like, <laughs> I, I feel as though this is the restrictions or part of the requirements for joining this. Normally, we do get a little exclusive like that, so yeah, I understand. It's, yeah, it's kind of a big deal, Mark. Uh, you're our first international guest. Well, hold on. Where's Francois from? Because he pretty much sounded French-Canadian to me. He is, but he lives here, and has, he's he has uh, very, I will say, very nicely assimilated. Uh, but he sounds his like story me. was unreal. I I uh, I couldn't stop. Uh, I was in the middle of driving, and I like had to stop to uh, go to a meeting. And I I sat in my car for an extra however long I could before I felt I needed to get out because I I thought his story was incredible. So it was uh, you know something I had never heard, and it was a, a really nice story that uh, yeah. he was able to share. We'll have uh, Frankie back on to go uh, a full hour on North Korea. As one does, we're really the uh, first first North Korea podcast out there, which is ironic because they can't even listen to us, you know? <laughs> we're you realize you're basically going to have the dictator being playing back as our lives if you keep having people on about North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> we're, again, we're definitely going into some database somewhere for... Uh... They mentioned North Korea a lot. A lot. It's yeah. been flagged. <laughs> we been also flagged. have a lot of friends that are feds as well. So, I mean, if they show up at our door, we could be like, social call or arrest. Yeah, yeah Tim's going to be like, guys, guys, come on. Yeah. If, if no one told you, Mark, that by the end of this podcast, your TV's webcam will actually be watching you full time. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you guys are going to be employing... Uh, the like what we assume Kyle's doing right now, posted note over the camera. Yeah. So, yeah. 
high security method. It covers his tinfoil hat nicely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark knows. <laughs> oh, that tinfoil hat's been around a long time. Uh, Mark, another fun fact. Corey's also a UND law alum. Corey, well, fun when you fact. mentioned CLE credits, yeah. uh, I, I, I put can... some yeah. of it together. Yeah, the number, the CLE number is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six for 1.5 hours of ethics credits. Uh, law school joke. And uh, Corey, I was the first person to welcome Mark to UND Law as he came up the stairs. Oh, did, did the Canadians find each other? Was it or was it like an invite only party? Uh, uh, this is the scented maple syrup that we've had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Freaks out the force. Yeah. I just, in my head, I just saw you two walking up the stairs and you each got to the door at the same time and you each apologized to each other. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Didn't see you there. They put me in charge of orientation. <laughs> Not sexual orientation, just regular orientation. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I We're have starting already. Hey, Kay? Yeah. That's that's good. This is why he doesn't turn his camera on. He feels like if no one can see him, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> nice. It's a freedom, um, unfettered freedom. So, uh, Mark, uh, we do appreciate you coming on. It's really nice of you. Um, I mentioned to the guys that uh, post law school, you had some experience with uh, minor hockey in Dickinson, and of course, you are a hockey dad now with minor hockey in Winnipeg. So, could you give us a brief rundown of your? Hockey. We also played on the same team together. Uh, get and our kids have played against each other now. Youngest. Uh, yeah. Mark, give us a rundown. Yeah. So uh, I I came down to UND. Uh, met Kyle there, and uh, you know uh, we were both in each other's wedding parties. So that was kind of a, yeah, a right. fun thing. And post uh, law school, I moved out to Dickinson to work in the oil industry as a landman, and. Uh, I didn't know anyone there. I actually had, uh, uh, I thought, what what can I do to have some fun? And found out the one rink that they had there had uh, some hockey, but uh, I'd go out for men's league. So I, I started playing out in men's league out there, and I met the convener at the time. His name was Dave Hanneman. Uh, and he was really the guy who was trying to create a greater hockey presence in Western North Dakota there. Uh, you know, out east where, where you all are, uh, it's almost uh, a, a given that hockey is part of the culture. And when I was out there, so this was 2008 is when I moved out there. Um, yes, it had been around and the high school hockey would be played, but the, the grassroots hockey was really struggling. They didn't have a lot of players. They didn't have a lot of coaches. The infrastructure wasn't there. And, uh, you know, just got talking to Dave Hanneman and he asked me to come and coach. Um, and so I, I'd never coached before. I obviously played hockey growing up and, and, uh, passionate about the sport. Uh, and so I, I said, yes, however, uh, I'm on a visa that doesn't allow me to volunteer. And so, uh, he said, well, we'll work our way around that because, uh, I didn't want to jeopardize my work. And uh, he was real good about uh, making it work for me. So I ended up coaching out there the Dickinson, uh, I want to say Bantams is what I had coached out there. And that was uh, a whole new world uh, coming from Winnipeg, where uh, my rink that we go to uh, every weekend is literally two and a half minutes down the street. And for games, we're there almost every weekend. Now we're talking about traveling 
two hours, three hours, up to, you know, four and a half, five hours for a game. And I'm thinking, this is just a whole different world to me. And with being out West, where there wasn't a big hockey culture, uh, it was a struggle to get kids involved and a struggle to have kids enjoy it because it was always an uphill battle against every team we played. So it was very challenging from that standpoint. But I, I took a lot of um, a lot of joy from uh, you know the kids that you could really help to improve, and uh, and so that was a lot of fun. So I did that illegally, and then when I ended up going back to Canada, uh, I, I had met my wife in Dickinson, so she came back with me, and uh, my son is nine. My daughter is four, and uh, I just started coaching her this past weekend uh, as well on the ice. Um, and my son probably started hockey uh, for us uh, 2020, I believe. So COVID hits, and uh, I know it's very different in Canada versus the U.S. Uh, I have a lot of family in North Dakota, and so everything shut down. here. So we got two hockey practices in for uh, the entire year. And then our hockey all shut down for the year. So the growth that they could have had was none. So we're already a bit a bit behind. Uh, but at this point, everyone's kind of starting to, to get going again. And it's it's a, a nice community, though, as I've uh, you'll know and I'll know, there's so much that gets you frustrated and got to always keep coming back to the fact that this is for the kids and they're just having a wonderful time and and a lot of the other stuff that's out there doesn't affect them and it shouldn't affect them. It's, it's a parent's thing that, that, you know, bothers us more than anything else I'd say. So uh, Mark, I did ask you to be brief, so I'm going to cut all of that yep. out and we'll leave it on the uh, cutting room floor <laughs> because I was really looking for, you know, two or three sentences, but we appreciate it, but. Uh, Hockey just, good, fun. Mark, two I was going to ask you if you could repeat everything you just said, because you've got Thursday night football on in the background and I wasn't <laughs> I'm just appreciating the badassness of volunteering illegally. Yeah. You know, like we would hate for foreigners to come here and give their time and effort. That would be terrible. I would, it'd be the worst thing we would want to happen. So really interesting rule to, right? to impose, you know, yeah. and I'm sure that the, the people in Dickinson were like, wait, Canadian, you're going to coach hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Coaching hockey. No, it, it, it was a really neat experience. Like I said, uh, and I met a lot of wonderful people out there. And one of the guys who I actually coached with is now running the program out in Dickinson. And he's done an incredible job out there. Dallas uh, has done a really great job. And it's been fun to watch the program build over time. The Western part of the state is really coming along for hockey. And you're exactly right. I couldn't agree more with, you know, and even I liked when you mentioned how difficult starting something like that is hockey is it's a tough sport to sell um it's time consuming it's expensive and for people not raised in it it's you know it's a little bit hard of a pitch especially since skating is a whole new skill to acquire for anyone nobody just starts skating you know I mean like unless someone puts in the effort for it you know it's not basketball if you have a court and a ball you can play basketball you know baseball if you have a bat and a ball in an area you can play but hockey is kind of specialized so it's a harder sell for people that this is not something that they've ever done before and I always say too when you know I have friends that have kids coming up and they're like 
you know, what advice with skating? And I said, they're going to get frustrated because skating looks easy and isn't easy. So they're going to need it to begin with. They're going to be frustrated and then they're going to get it. And then they're going to love skating, but it's, it's not as, you know, hockey, hockey is not just a pickup sport. It's you, you, it requires a specialized arena to play in equipment, um, ability to skate. It can be a hard sell. So I really, you know, I, I commend you because that is a, um, that, that would be a big job to just pick up and start hockey someplace that it's just not particularly popular. So I, I have a question for, for you folks for out in Grand Forks now. Like when I went to Dickinson and they have a, uh, all the kids get the equipment from the organization itself. So if at a certain age, and, and so that's trying to make it more accessible for kids because they, they couldn't get kids to do this. So, you know, you make the, the comment about the cost and everything. It, they've tried to find different ways to make it accessible to kids. So there's I just I follow them still on Facebook and uh, they they had their their gear send out this past week, I believe. And you sign it out, you put in a, like a $50 deposit at the time. So it's probably what, $300 with inflation now. And you get that money back at the end once you return the equipment. So once again, they're they're trying so hard to build this and they're doing a wonderful job. It just it takes time. That's the long and short of it. it just takes time. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, no, we, we don't have that. We have. You know, brief, briefly, every so often we have try hockey for free, where I think you can get like USA Hockey donates um, some equipment sets, but I think everyone here just supplies their own stuff, as far as I know. Yeah, which is okay. great when you know nothing about hockey and you move to an area that has a ton of hockey, and your kids like, "Can I try hockey?" And you walk into the sports store and you're like, "Listen, man, I don't know anything about this sport, so can you sell me some medium stuff? Like, I don't <laughs> want to pay a lot, but just give me the medium stuff." And they, but they know. You walk in drills are like, yeah, this guy doesn't know anything about the sport. Yeah, this here's the stuff that you don't want. Here's about the middle of the road stuff. And they and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit here. You're gonna dress the child in all this hockey stuff. So I'm gonna watch you put it on because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's not a short list of equipment no. either. You know, I mean it's it's equipment head to toe. And then throw in goalie equipment. Like I when I'll when we'll be getting my boys hockey stuff and they'll be getting size for skates, I'll just curiously walk around and be like, how much can a goalie helmet be? And then I just about stroke out when I see that it's $380, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, please don't let my kids want to be goalie. You know, I mean, because this this is all expensive enough. And then goalie equipment is crazy expensive. You can buy your child a 1985 Honda Civic for the same price. And poor Kyle, I mean, he had two goalies and uh, their little legs grow and those pads don't fit anymore. So you're going to buy several sets of pads. Yeah. So. Or you have a 12 year old weirdo who likes, he's just, no, he's on the fence between Bauer and CCM. So he's just going to have both. Just switch <laughs> yeah, back and not? forth every practice. It's called following the sales, Kyle. Follow the sales. Yeah. Jeez, so, uh, Dad, I was just driving the economy. I'm proud to, of uh, Switch the uh, toe straps back every every so often. So, um, fun little anecdote about uh, walking into hockey stores with no experience. That was allegedly the reason why the U.S. when they um, started to you know gain some international prominence in hockey a few years back, why they had so many right-handed defensemen. It, because so many hockey players were first generation 
And the sporting goods people also didn't have experience and said, what, Hey, which, which hand is your kid? They're like, Oh, he's, I think he, I think he's right-handed. So here's the right-handed stick. So apocryphal, powerful, interesting. Also, that's what's going to be on my headstone. (laughs) Kyle's up attack. Kyle, you sound like the kind of jerk that would have a monogrammed, uh, um, yeah. Letter then of your own. Yeah. I'm not I'm not holding it in front of the camera or anything, even though it's <laughs> but if you look if I get it quick, it literally says KK Kyle Kozier, you've monogrammed your own notepad. So that is uh Mark uh another interesting fun fact. I think Mark is the only person that calls me KK. Oh KK. One of a small group. Yeah, it's well it's it's stuck, I guess. Hey, eh? I mean that just I'm just holding out that you don't add a third K in there, okay? And it'll be all right. <laughs> Not still yet. be friends, you and I, okay? <laughs> if your parents would have given you, if it was like, uh, well, I don't know, what's another what's another guy K name that's not Kyle? Drop, I'm, I'm drop your brother Keith. Here. Your brother well, Keith? Yeah, Keith Carl. It could have been Kelly. Kyle. Yeah, right? <laughs> Kyle Kelly Kozier, your mom and dad could have really screwed some shit right? up for you. Right? I tell ya, so close. Mark, so I, close. I've got a series of questions that I've written down after listening, or kind of halfway listening to your your introductory speech. <laughs> um, as usual, three of them are not serious ones. One is the actual question. That so I'll sounds great, Corey. Rapid fire some garbage at you first. Um, since you were out in Dickinson, uh, did you ever have the chance to uh, visit that crap hole that's called Minot? I did. I actually played uh, pool uh, in the North Dakota Pool League, and I, I that, we, our, our state tournament was out there. So I, I stayed in Minot uh, for the pool tournament, and then I was up there for work maybe once every uh, once in a while. And how did you feel about the town in itself? Well, it's uh, it's a town. <laughs> it's a town in Western about... North Dakota. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I'm no magi. Uh, <laughs> it se- seems like a bit of an interesting town, and uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. I, I have nothing bad to say. I I may not have anything good to say either. We Do you feel that you. nicknaming it the Magic Cities may be an oversell? <laughs> well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it was a love story of how the the person who named it like met their significant other and like it's a magic story for the magic place. Yeah, the Magic okay. City. I, I love it. Uh, next real question. Yeah, how do you pronounce Saskatchewan? Ooh. Saskatchewan. Nailed it. First try. That was a tweener. No, no, that was spot on, Corey. You had an extra syllable in there. A, a, a native Manitoban would have made some fun of Saskatchewan, but like I'm trying to be uh, thoughtful to my friend Kyle here. So uh, Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba do not enjoy each other. I will not return the favor, Mark. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm good. I'm good with that. I, I've okay. taken enough of your bullets. I'm good. Corey, what, what's up next? Give me the next all right, one. All right. Thir- third not real question before I get to a real one. Um, what is the best hockey chirp you've either said or heard in your entire life? Uh, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, points if you don't think you should say it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's obviously the ones that you aren't probably all right to say. That's um, the one we're looking for. I think I think my cleanest one, that's one of my favorites, is uh, is you must be Canadian because you got no finish. <laughs> I approve. 
<laughs> so that that's a clean one that I can say and feel comfortable with. Right. Wonderful. It's wonderful. All right. So here, here's my real question for you. So yeah. I, I, I do some, I dabble in the coaching myself here and there and in just younger kids stuff and hockey, football, some of these sports that require aggression. So I, I find it very difficult to teach. We teach kids, like we teach our own kids. We want you to be respectful. We want you to be nice. We want you to, to be helpful. How did you try to instill in your kids, essentially what a mean streak, right? The, the ability to be aggressive, but not be cheap. How does a coach go ahead and how do you teach aggressiveness? I think I think you you uh, you know interesting way of setting that up because we're always told as kids share right uh, be kind to others and I think there is just that part of when it comes to a sport if we're it's a competition you're keeping score of something there has to be some drive now the drive doesn't have to be crazy aggression or anything but it has to start with something you have to want that puck or or that ball or you, you want that ball uh, you know in the in the final few seconds you, you need to have that. For hockey, it's interesting. So the U9, so we in Manitoba do U7, U9, U11, U13. I know that's a, a year off for North Dakota, um, the, the years. I was coaching last year, and I brought up the uh, convener's son to come and play a game with us in U, U9. And my big thing is, listen, be aggressive on that puck. It's your puck. You're allowed to take it away. And, you know, that that puck is not theirs. You work so hard for it, you take it, you run with it. And I said, uh, you know, uh, sorry, just back to you got to be aggressive. I get told later on in the coaches meeting before our jamboree or playoff or whatever they call it, that he was upset that a coach used the words be aggressive. And I thought to myself, I would I didn't say anything. I just sat there. I listened and I thought to myself, well, hold on a second. Um. I know verbiage is important and, and using the right words can, can mean a lot. Uh, but in no matter of, uh, of wording, did I ever talk about go after the person, go after the individual or, you know, like kill those guys or, you know, like take them out. Those were never the words used. And I think what can happen is sometimes the wording that we use, uh, this will kind of love this, but like with the, as PC as we're supposed to be right now, sometimes it goes too far. And just trying to say, this is still a game. If we're going to keep score, then we should be trying to win. If we're trying to win, you got to go after that puck and less about the person, I would think, at this age. I don't know if that answered your, your question, Corey. That's as best as I think I could probably uh, you know, answer that. No, I think you dropped a great little piece of knowledge there. That, In fact, I, I don't know that I've ever heard someone to, uh, frame, you, you can say it for hockey, but for any sport too, but frame it as don't worry about the person, get the thing that will win you the game back. And that will naturally build the aggression you're looking at without focusing on, well, kill the guy, right? Yeah. Hmm, I like it. Thank you. Um, I've, I've told several of our guests this, but we, we really frown upon these reasonable answers. So the next thing, you're really going to have to go off the handle. Take a big slug of that drink yeah, yeah. and just let it out. Well, you know, I mean, there's a line between you're doing amazing, sweetie, and check their fucking heads off. And yeah. Yeah. you got to find that. You got to, yeah. there's a spot for it, but you got to find it. You know, yeah. I, I haven't found it yet, but I, I appreciate the the smuttier end of it. I like to go to a hockey game, not a tennis match. Yeah. Um. So, you know, yeah. I don't 
don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not for, uh, I, I don't like the PC in the hockey. I think. Well, I just hockey. think you just got explicit put on your podcast. So that's exciting, <laughs> right? Kyle told me I can say the F word. He said it's okay. <laughs> that was the last episode where we, we broke the F word barrier. And uh, and Kyle did it. it first. And that's did, he, yeah. he paved the way. And now I feel comfortable. And everybody's <laughs> going to be sorry about that. Yeah. Listen, the, the the ten viewers that we can get to listen to this thing are not going to be put off with the fact that Kelly's dropping that bomb. Just, those ten people have also sat inside a hockey rink with her. Yeah, that's exactly it. Give the I people what they formally apologize to my mother-in-law. She's one of the ten listeners. Pam, I love you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just mean to say the F word like that. It just happened. Uh, we should segue to Winnipeg because I know Kelly has some questions about that. Um, okay. One is the Palomino still there? So uh, I'm going to say uh, I have never been to the Palomino, and what? I'm uh, proud to say that, actually. <laughs> Though it, it has moved from its spot on Portage downtown to Main Street now. In 2003, I traded my underwear that I was wearing for a drink from a lady. And <laughs> she was 40 plus. She said she'd buy me a drink if I gave her my underwear. So here you go. I, I missed I those. Your, I didn't know your aunt was in town. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know I'm, my family's very nice looking Mark. So yes, I, you. I know this. I've spent time with them. Uh, okay. Kyle, I don't think you can, Kyle, that's not a drive-by story. You can just <laughs> drop that one and not give details. <laughs> Puts that in there and then like, okay, moving on. You're exactly Next right. question. If you're not going to get into that story, uh, there's I, not much I more to think... tell. Played hockey with some degenerates. What underwear uh, were you wearing? What was the condition of the underwear? Was it had you had Mexican that day? I mean, this no, is what you tell. Brand right. new Gap underwear when Gap underwear was still a status symbol. Did uh, you go to the bathroom to get her the underwear? Or did I did. Just... Yeah, I'm, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gentlemen, Kelly, you know that. I was uh, actually picturing a Hulkamania moment where he just went ripped no, it straight out. Just front. straight out. In the basement at the PAL, came back upstairs. Here you go. I think I traded it for a club beer, which I think is a fair trade. That lady was, she was pushing for a little something more than that when she wanted your undies. I got right? that was Which was a club yeah. beer. <laughs> I might have been on wife number one at the time. So I mean, <laughs> Kelly, relax. <laughs> Oh my god! I love it. But I believe we found a cougar. Yeah. (laughs) Well said, Mark. There you go. As far as I'm willing to go with that one, Uh, Mark, tell us about hockey in Winnipeg. Do you guys have any teams there? There's lots of teams in Winnipeg. (laughs) Uh, Is there a specific uh, area? Parent podcast. Uh, I'm just I just trying to make a smart ass segue. Uh, what's no, the cowbell yeah. situation like on your teams? Oh, uh, we uh, we were at a tournament last year out of town. Obviously, can't have them in town, and they were selling uh, cowbells with your team's logo on them. Oh yeah, I love it. So there's definitely a couple that came back with us. Nice. What's uh, no tournaments in town? Still, what's the story not, there? Not right now. Nothing going on there. It's team formation going on right now all over. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, and oh, so okay. it's uh, it's been almost two weeks and people still don't know what's going on. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, our area for U11, which is where my son is, uh, is going to have 10 teams in, in our area for U11. St. James? Yep. 
sort of like north, roughly around and west of Polo Park. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it, it it doesn't encapsulate Wolseley as well, but yeah, for the most oh, part. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, it's it's west of Polo Park is the general. I'm, I'm idea. sorry about the Wolseley part. I mean. Yeah. No. Well, hey, I still got family there. Uh, so I mean, it's it's crazy when you think about the amount of teams that we have here. Uh, a nephew of mine plays in Fort Gary, and they have six teams for their U11. I'm pretty sure the Assiniboine area they have something like 14 teams. Like this is a lot of 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 teams going on and players yeah, going no on. Kidding. So it, it's a wild uh, to think about the amount of of kids playing really. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. And so, okay, so that U11 will be roughly like, I think last year our kids were second year scores. So I think we played U11 teams, right? I, it would make sense. Yeah, I think we played, actually, I think we played a Fort Gary team, if I don't, if I remember. Okay. Right. I think we did too, yeah. There yeah. would have been, I think I have, I know one family that came down from Charles, so there would have been the Winterhawks. They came down and played down in Grand Forks, so a couple of games I know down there. Um, that was a U nine that came down and, and okay, so yeah, just trying to remember back. But so, um, any you know current hot topics there? Is, is it running fairly smoothly? I'm just sort of curious to get uh, garbage perspective, so we're not so uh, hot garbage. That. So, oh, okay. uh, this is what I've been fired up about this last little while, and I, I said, Kyle, it's interesting that you asked me. <laughs> so, how they've done it here is they, they've hired a company called uh, Max Analytics to come out and they rank every player in every association. <laughs> and so, well, hold on. I'll, I'll clarify that. The associations that I know of kids that are playing in, they've hired Max Analytics to yeah, come in okay. and do. So, young teams? Uh, starting at U9 for uh, A1, U9, and then U11 and all the way up. Wow. Okay. So, uh, it's a it's a it's a pretty penny that these associations pay, um, and it consists of basically three three tryouts, and it's uh, a few young guys that are and nothing wrong with the young guys doing this, but they're young guys that are have iPads on the on the ice. They're yeah. telling the kids to do drills, and then they're inputting their information there, and uh, there is zero coach input. And I find that to be very challenging because yeah. uh, I think we, as we, we all know, sometimes kids have off days. Sometimes uh, kids maybe need some different context or some different help with some different drills or, or something like that. And they can be excellent players in games. They can be excellent and in drills, they're not be, or some kids just don't skate hard or, and you have all this information that you aren't used in the process of trying to help kids get to the right spot so that right. they can have the opportunity to do well and, and, and to develop and grow in the, in the right setting. So this is, uh, this is how our association and, and the associations kind of that I uh, have friends with, that's how they've all um, decided to do it because of the politics in hockey. And they wanted to try take out the bias and make it just a, a third party unbiased situation. Though, I still believe there's a lot of politics that are being sure, uh, done yeah. within that, yeah. right? It's manipulated. Yeah. Do you feel like this is another case of parents ruining everything for everybody? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I stood watching. Uh, my nephew was was in one of the skates, my son, 
and then some of our friends. And so I, I would go out to the rink, like I said, it's just down the street. So my son and I would go, we'd watch and I'd stand with some of the other coaches. And the theme of, across everyone was, listen, give the coaches the opportunity to put kids in the groups that, that they think that they should be in. If you want to use this max analytics, use them to, to associate some numbers with it. But there can be a hybrid that's being used yeah. that then helps kids be where they should be. Like, it's no fun if, if someone, you know, has a really good tryout, they get into a super high division, and then they don't play because they shouldn't be there. And it's the same thing the other way, too. Uh, a kid who has a really bad tryout should not be in a lower division for an entire year because, you know, he had a tough go. Coaches know more about these kids than these arbitrary numbers that are being uh, um, handed out in, in baseball, Corey, the eye test, right? There, mm -hmm. There's something about seeing and understanding the game that numbers will never tell. So um, that's where Winnipeg hockey is going or minor hockey is going. And I, I don't love it. I understand why it's, it's gone to that uh, extreme in my mind, but I think it needs to pop back where there's some interaction between people that have, trained and spent time with all these kids over the years and then if you, you want to have some sort of unbiased numbering system sure but that, that that's where things are at so I, I'm not in favor of where we're at but but I get why we're there yeah yeah so it would obviously be you know perhaps worthwhile to have the you know coaches be the first pass because you have you're you're giving by using that max analytics it feels like you're losing many years of of earned knowledge so perhaps just flip the script and have the coaches be the first pass and have that max analytics be sort of a, almost a tiebreaker. Cause you know, here it always seems to come down to kids uh, that are, you know, may, maybe bubble kids between uh, one level or the next. That's where the arguments happen. Right. Yep. And just yep. use that as a, as a way to delineate that. Cause that's where here it often gets into the, the opinion piece on, you know, this kid over that kid type of thing. And it's, yeah, can, can be contentious, obviously. Everyone obviously doing their best, but it, it certainly can be contentious. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think part of it is it always, always gets skewed about, you know, uh, I, I joke that I'm up in the middle of the night thinking about what's going on with all this stuff because I want to know. I, I I hate not having this control yeah. or or some some say in it. And I keep thinking like, well, I just want my son to be happy. I just want him to enjoy his time. And, you know, like that's the biggest concern I have. And, and I got to always pull back a little bit and say, regardless of where anyone gets put, they're going to play hockey this year. They're going to make some friends. They're going to learn and grow. It's not all about that uh, as frustrating as it can be um, for a parent. So it's always trying to take a step back too. So when, when does your season kick off then if you guys are in tryouts now? Uh, I think we start in like two weeks starting to do practices and november is when we start to play i believe so okay, uh, and then yeah, there's so some yeah. tournaments yeah yeah so we're still a little bit away even like where the kids are skating but nothing official just yet you know what i mean so when does when does that get going for you then like actually playing games or or, or even creating teams uh, and last week of October for our, so our, our, the kids, the, the common thread kids between us, it's sort of that last week of October. And, and how do your teams get made? Like, I know when we were out in Dickinson, it was literally as many kids showed up, that was who was on your team. Yeah. So, uh, I know that's not necessarily the case in Grand Forks, but how, how are the, the teams formed, uh, there? Uh, so at the different levels, depending on how many kids there are, um, 
kind of go, goes from there, then they're split. So now the kids are, uh, these these kids we're referring to are, are peewee. So there'll be a, you know, a double A, A, B1 and B, and then just sort of depending on um, amount of kids. And then, you know, uh, the other thing that often makes a decision here too is number of goalies to make sure you have enough to go around. Like our age group has a lot of goalies. Uh, the kids behind us and in front of us, there's very few. Um, so that dictates to how many teams can be made. So, you know, I think we're in a situation where most teams will have two goaltenders and again, in front and behind us are just, just one per. So if they asked you to then get some more uh, sons so that you can have some more goalies going on. Or what? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. Just go pick a couple more up, you know, maybe a couple <laughs> foster kids, throw some pads on them. That's actually why we let people from Canada live in our Beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah. <laughs> I want a foster, good. but specifically Canadian kids. Yeah. That'd be the saddest foster show ever. March the kids <laughs> to the garage. Whoever can fit into the pads gets to stay, right? Like that's <laughs> sorry guys. There has to be sorry. some sort of a system here. <laughs> but I do encourage you to be a foster parent all the same because lots of rewarding experiences there. That's my save. Uh that's right. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting stuff, Mark. So, uh, huh. So it's in, so you mentioned the disparity between some neighborhoods in, in terms of teams. Is there one, your particular neighborhood or part of the city that's really burgeoning in terms of, uh, you know, teams or players? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's arbitrary how they lump these, uh, communities in with each other. Sure. Uh, our St. James area, uh, Kyle would be uh, at least know about say, say the Maples, which has yeah. uh, no tie; it's nowhere close to us, and that's part of of our area. Yeah, okay. Um, and the Assiniboian division is probably the largest division. They're, they're massive, and so uh, there's the argument that's being uh, talked about. I'd say right now that you have a, a crazy amount of high end players playing in this Assiniboine because they have such a huge uh, reach for players. And some of these smaller areas like Fort Gary, I'd, I'd reference that has uh, six teams in the U11. So, uh, you know, 14 versus six, it, just by numbers, you're going to have some greater uh, players out there that, that have greater skill, greater ability in all likelihood. And uh, there's some teams that that don't really even want to play against the, these guys because there's they're just going to get destroyed. And that that's always tough, but that's the association is trying to build and grow and have people want to be in their area. Hockey is silly like that, where people will move to certain areas to be part of that. Oh, we're, we're familiar. <laughs> uh, the, the rumor the rumor around town is that there are Canadians moving to East Grand Forks to play there. Well, uh, the Blue Moose is a wonderful place. And, uh... <laughs> that's how they sell them. So there you go. <laughs> Can I offer you some Blue Moose gift cards for your child to move down here? Yeah. You've yeah. got pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Man, good stuff. Um, Kelly, do you want to uh, unload your Winnipeg questions on, on Mark? Well, I just, so we were just up in Winnipeg. Um, my youngest, uh, who is, he's a mite. Well, so that would be, I mean, he's, third grader so um uh we were just up there in the spring for a tournament in Winnipeg and I love the Winnipeg tournaments I think they're so much fun um I love the teams that we play against I love the embracing of alcohol being served in arenas um that's really important to me and I felt very seen in Canada um where though okay because I will be back up in Winnipeg for hockey again 
best Caesar in Winnipeg because a lot of people down here screw those up. Uh, so I'm not going to say it's the best by any means. Uh, but after after I play one of my hockey skates, we go to Smitty's, uh, which is a wing place. Okay. And uh, I have a couple friends and all they have are bacon Caesars. So they have a nice piece of bacon that comes on the Caesar. And that's one of the things that they really enjoy. But by no means am I claiming that Smitty's restaurant has the best. <laughs> that might be fighting words in Canada because yeah. I'm sure every place you drive by claims to have the best Caesar in Canada. So I understand that completely. So um, do you enjoy the fact that they embrace drinking in the arena more because of what usually happens to our teams when we go up to Winnipeg or what? Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But also, I was I was really um, I was impressed that there is bars in arenas and like it, it doesn't even have to be a fancy arena and there will be a bar in there. And but everybody was very well behaved because like I feel like hockey parents and booze and their children playing hockey like that's kind of like a like in, a, an equation where the outcome is the cops are coming. They're going to be called here and several people are getting escorted out, um, you know, while children cry. Uh, but it wasn't like that. It was very, you know, that I, that's why I liked it. That's I, I'm always, I'm always game for a Canadian tournament because it it's competitive. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's some Canadian parents that are a little cutthroat, you know, but in like a good competition way, not in a nasty way, not in, stupid it was it was just fun hockey I really really liked it and um so I'm I'm always game to go back up and like Corey said our kids competed really well in this tournament but we we've had a couple tournaments up there where our claim to fame was we won a game <laughs> hey uh hey guys fire up we won a game you know played five we had, but you we know we together Kelly where our children lost 16 to 1 uh, and my son came out after the game and said, Dad, I got player of the game. <laughs> like, uh, you lost 16, and then he fell asleep in the car ride back to the hotel, and that was the highlight of the trip for me. Because, you know, that was an arena that sold alcohol, and thank God they did. Yes, it did, it did help us in that in that way. But, uh, I mean, those kids were like, when, when that Winnipeg team came out and those so our kids were little at that time that was like termites yeah and those kids were like coming out and some of their their warm-up drills i was like oh no well the coaches took <laughs> turns shaving them before the game yeah. <laughs> this is gonna go so so poorly uh but i, I that's another thing that i like though is because now like i said we're coming to these tournaments and it's competitive hockey because it these kids are you know they they get older, more mature, and then they really want to compete. And so I I enjoy it. I was I was giving Kyle Hobo because I was saying um and I like I, I bring the pop culture aspect um here. Um, you know, way more Corey Kyle sports, me pop culture. And I was saying that what I enjoyed most about Winnipeg was that it felt like I went into a time portal to 2005. Um, because a girl was crossing the street in a juicy couture sweatsuit and a Von Dutch hat. And I really, I felt, again, like 
maybe these are my people, you know? I mean, it, uh, it, that was a good time, 2005. We had to explain this to Corey. We had to go through Von Dutch and all that. But I do feel like Canada is maybe on, like, a little delay um, as to, uh, like, you know, trends. And then we can, we can go up to Canada, and it's kind of like a portal in time. So I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, there's a good chance. It depends where you were in Winnipeg <laughs> on that one. Uh, my guess is just outside the McPhillips Street Casino Station is where you were at. Uh, <laughs> Nailed we were it. Actually, we were downtown and we were walking out of a restaurant called Earl's, yeah. which was fantastic. Um, and we were in the middle of a government workers strike. So it, it was a lot of it was really quality people watching up in Canada that day. It was uh it was worth the trip. So yeah. Oh and now uh, Mary oh you, go ahead Kyle. Corey's drink line. Do you see what Corey just had a drink of? Is Do it again, Corey. If this one's gonna take me a minute just to finish swallowing. That's Corey, what, what don't you what don't you like about McGolden? How easy and enjoyable oh. it is to drink. Um, um, the things I don't like about Mick Golden, um, <laughs> that was my first sip of that beer. And, uh, you know, I've always wondered what, you know, in a shiny aluminum ass tastes like, and now I know. It's just basically like water. Okay. Oh, That's what I like about it. Corey, you can drink a lot of them and quickly. That, uh, that shiny aluminum ass, uh, question was actually answered in the porn parody of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> which i assume you've seen this case so obviously you're, you're looking for a new sponsor then is what you're saying yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> this beer we have one like, it tastes like can, a oh, can you get Michelob golden. golden in winnipeg i don't think that you probably can can you uh ultra is the only thing that i've seen ultra, yeah wise. yeah yep i was gonna say because uh it's like a midwestern beer mick mick uh mick golden because when i go to las vegas you can't get there's no Michelob Golden. It's only Michelob Ultra. Like the branding on this can honestly looks like a repressed Edina hockey mom <laughs> who's on her third botch boob job and she really needs a win. Like, like that's what this yes. thing seems to me. It I'm going to give you that one because yeah. why that made sense to me when you just described that like that, I'm not sure. But it, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get what you mean there. I see it. I said I said a little bit of it earlier, but it tastes like a monkey tossed the salad of an older monkey that was faster <laughs> prime, like, like a really old monkey prostitute. Like that's what this tastes like. Whoa! Oh, you paint a picture, Corey. You just um, you 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 paint pictures with words. I like it. Yeah, uh, for the people who <laughs> like this beer, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? Oh. People, the same people who drink mom water. I'm gonna tell you right? right now. A lot of trauma. Okay. Worst beers I've drank in my life. Natty Daddy. Top of that. Right below that is Mick Golden Light. Oh. oh, and I've never not finished a beer in my life, so I got a long evening ahead of myself. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Canadian beers? Are you a Kokanee yes. guy or Labatt's or? Uh, so Kokanee is by far a fantastic beer. Kokanee is a good beer. Good, Kyle. Any input there? I know that um, you. I know you are actively always trying to hide your Canadian, but I, uh, I've I've dabbled in this a little bit before. I I, I do like Kokanee. I grew up drinking Molson, you know, so that that was you know fourteen to eighteen. Uh, switched to Labatt a little bit as an old guy at nineteen. 
uh, dabbled in, in the, there was a beer for a time called Saskatchewan. Uh, just, just Saskatchewan. Just huh? called Saskatchewan. Um, there are a few, um, few what we want to call deep tracks that I won't get into. Uh, I lived in Manitoba briefly uh, in St. Boniface near the Club St. B. And I'd walk down the alley and buy club beer at a biker bar, which was fantastic. It was, uh, I hope I make it home, but if I do, I'll have 12 club with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, oh, and, and that reminds me of another story I need to tell your husband. Uh, just write an autobiography and get it over with because I, I want to tell, I just want to sit down with Matt and tell him the stories. Let's start chronicling this and yeah. let's be done with it because I think it's worth it. The underwear story alone sold me. Kelly, I'm really disappointed on this podcast. This is the nicest Kyle has ever been to me on one of these podcasts. That's true. I've been sitting on something the entire week <laughs> waiting for him to be a jerk. Waiting for him to be me. Maybe so, Mark's presence <laughs> just really brings out the 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 positivity in Kyle. That's so, sort of you're sitting on something for an entire week kind of sounds like Corey's honeymoon. So is that better? <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. So Kelly. Um, Michelle, I think- Corey. I just sent you a text of how I feel about Kyle, and I'd like you to, <laughs> on the podcast, describe this text to uh, other people. Is this the mean whale at your mom's? That's it. <laughs> you need to tell everyone, because they're not seeing what you're seeing live. I, it's just a delightful montage of hot dogs. Meanwhile, at your mom's. But we, Corey, we covered this. Kyle's mom is dead. Okay, yeah, so Corey, yeah. <laughs> Mark was at the Chris, funeral. I was Christine at the funeral. Spicer it was wonderful. Hey, yeah. All right. To quote Rocket Raccoon, everybody's got dead people, man. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, That's with that segue, I'm very curious, uh, Mark, to ask you what kind of hockey mom your lovely bride is. Oh. Glass banger, quiet, sits with the other moms, crazy. What do we got? Uh, she avoids everyone at all costs because she wants to yell at people. So I love it. she will sit away from them and uh, and be quiet with her daughter normally if we're watching my son play. Uh, she uh, she can't handle she can't handle hockey moms. That's not her thing. And she's an American, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's an American. Yeah. She, she's a North Dakotan. Uh, uh, yeah, she's Town. a foreigner she, in a foreign land. That's, that would be a little tricky. She was a Jimmy. She was a Jimmy. Played college volleyball there. That's um, forty miles from where I grew up. That's a scary territory. <laughs> Corey, did you grow up in Medina? In Medina? <laughs> no, Edgeley. I I have been to Edgeley, in fact, and I'm trying to think of the cafe that you I went to and had friends. lunch at. Oh, the, you, the, there was three cafes. You either ate at the uh, Burger Cade, horrible name. Or you ate no. at the Edgeley Cafe, which is I think it was the Edgeley Cafe. That's that's where we, I think it was uh, 2007. I was there. Okay. And uh, I went with the law school to go and do uh, a program to the high school there. Wow. And we sat and ate. Uh, I remember being in Edgeley and eating there and having food at the cafe, which was very good at the time. There you go. Edgeley, North Dakota, has a high school. Yes, we did. Well. What? How many were in your graduating class, Corey? 27, Kelly. 27. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I was the valedictorian, which means I was the best tasting piece of broccoli. <laughs> That's amazing. That's kind of like when Parker said, I got player of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 16 to 1, but 
Good job, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, son. <laughs> I love it. Proud now I have to go to Edgeley. Never been. Now I'm going to go to the, the home of Corey Erian. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we won two nine-man football titles. <laughs> <laughs> Got that going for us. Is that on a billboard outside it of town? Is. I was going to say, that small town North Dakota, anything won. <laughs> Mathletes competition 2014. At any time. Uh, yeah. Mark. Closing thoughts for the podcast. Anything you want to say to Grand Forks since you haven't been in a while? I think it's missed me. Uh, that's <laughs> I, number yeah, one. I, I, I recall one night, where were we? I don't know. We were downtown and I thought I could walk home. And it was not <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. And, I had one uh, of those days too. And I think we we were through the, the, the railroad tracks. And this was actually, oh, sad times. This is right after a, a kid in law school. I know exactly who you're talking about. Had, had, I, I, this is sound crazy, but he got run over by a train, but he didn't get hurt. There's a, Kelly knows who you're talking about. I know yeah. this kid. Yeah, okay. I do. So, I this story. so it was yeah. in that time period where, where we were walking through the, the uh, railway tracks downtown and thinking about it and thinking, maybe this wasn't the best idea. And, uh, <laughs> end up walking back to my apartment and I'm going through the uh, one of the soccer fields. Uh, I'm trying to remember the streets now. Anyways, it's like got to be one o'clock in the morning and suddenly the sprinkler system goes on on the field and you just get drenched as I'm walking home thinking this is a terrible situation. But uh, Grand Forks was wonderful. Uh, like I said, met a lot of great people. I missed a lot of the stuff uh, that was there. You mentioned Jarrell's to me. That's the first thing that pops in where I still wear the uh, hockey uh, uh, sweaters that Kyle and I uh, played for UND Law. I still wear that um, when I'm playing men's nights here. Um, and that's where we got them and where Kyle felt it was uh, needed to get them crested with a, a C and a couple A's for us uh, with Matt Piper, uh, KK and me. So um it holds a lot of great memories and a wonderful place. And I'm, you know, Kyle had asked if we could try to get a hockey team to come on down there. And unfortunately for Manitoba hockey, as soon as the season starts, you're not allowed to travel down without authorization from Manitoba hockey. So hopefully what I'm uh, looking forward to is maybe in the spring yeah. when, uh, when hockey is done, we do a tournament uh, like we did down in Fargo, but maybe down in Grand Forks and come, yeah. come see everyone and, and spend some time down there. That sounds fun. Since your kids are older, I'm going to bring uh, Kelly's son to play. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds fair. The 12-year-old. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah, like, totally fair. <laughs> I love it. Well, Mark, uh, any other questions, Corey? Anything you yeah, want to Mark, be Mark too? It's a pleasure having you on, and I really appreciate your uh, your thoughts on hockey and developing hockey and developing players. Well, thanks for having me. It was uh, a lot of fun. It was enjoyable to be listening. Uh, Kyle just had to ask me first, and then I'll start listening to the podcast. So I thought that was that was a pause hey, there. One fan at a time. You know what I mean? <laughs> one. <laughs> in in 2050, we'll have 50 people listening. Yeah, absolutely. Potentially. So incremental <laughs> growth, Corey. Well, Mark, thanks again. Give uh, give my best to your family. Uh, always yeah. a pleasure, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you.